0: Welcome to the Transcend Human Podcast. My name is Daryl McMullen, and this is a show where we discuss how we can rise above the human condition. We address topics that we all wrestle with because we're all human. And together we look for more positive ways to respond to the world around us. Thank you for joining us on the journey. We hope today's topic is exactly what you need for the week ahead. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. It is great to have you here. It is Monday, March 1st. Can you believe it? March already. Uh, When I think back to 2021 and the crazy year we had, uh, I believe it was March sometime when they really finally had figured out what was going on with the pandemic. Uh, We had had cases throughout the beginning of the year, but I believe it was March when we really dove in and understood what we were dealing with. Um, And so here we are uh, a year later, and it's still going. But that's not what we are here to talk about today. Uh, Before we jump in, let us talk about the 50th episode challenge really quick. So last week, we kind of threw this out there. Um, If you are willing to write us a review on Apple Podcasts, we would love to send you some uh, free coffee. Uh, in terms of a a Starbucks gift card. Uh, From now until the end of March, we're going to be doing that. So this is us uh, partnering with you to make the show a success um, and to make sure that you're caffeinated as well. It's a win-win situation, so if you are interested in that, uh, feel free to jump in uh, and do that. But let's dive into our minute of transparency for today and kick off the show. So the title of today's Minute of Transparency is going to be There's Gold in Them Thar Hills uh, Back when I lived in Wyoming, uh, we used to go out exploring on the weekends uh, in our beat-up Chevy pickup truck that we called El Clunco. Uh, and we typically went to church Saturday mornings and then headed out for the rest of the day uh, We would pack a lunch and we would set out to go off-roading, hiking, fishing or generally exploring the surrounding area uh, from the McCullough Peaks to the Bench to Heart Mountain, Yellowstone, North Fork, South Fork, etc. There were just so many things you could do in so many directions you could go. Uh, we would just drive there, have lunch, and then enjoy uh, what we were setting out to do. And on some of those weekend trips, we would pass a large open meadow um, with mountains in the background. And we would stop at a little roadside lookout point. Uh, And there would be this really big wooden sign that said, There's gold in them thar hills. Now, if you went on uh, and read the sign, like the entire sign, it explained more about the gold rush back in the mid to late 1800s and how people from the east rushed out west to find gold and to make their fortune. But because we were young kids at the time, it meant very little, simply a stop that we would make every now and then with a funny sign about gold being in the hills. Years later, however, the phrase has a completely different effect on me. Uh, These men who spent time in various western states uh, eventually wound up in California. Uh, Have you heard of the San Francisco 49ers? Uh, The name 49er actually refers to these men who were involved in the gold rush in California back in 1849. Uh, We also refer to California as the Gold Coast. Yes, because the sun shines here a lot. Uh, but also because of the search for gold. Uh, Now, these men suffered greatly for their golden dreams of becoming rich. It was the wild, wild west, to be sure, Uh, but along with the gambling, drinking, and shooting uh, came diseases like typhoid fever and cholera, uh, a lack of food and resources, and then there were the cold, unforgiving winters to deal with. Combined, these things led to a very high mortality rate, Uh, It's said that one in five of the men who made it to California would die within six months. Uh, That's either dedication to your dreams or a serious lack of planning and knowledge about the thing that you're diving into. I thought that was interesting and a perfect introduction to our topic for today, which is transcending comfort. In this episode, we're going to talk about the allure of comfort. Comfort equals stagnation, and growth happens in a variety of ways. Number one, the allure of comfort. So I don't believe that we've done an entire episode on comfort, but we have talked about things that feed right into this concept. Uh, Back in episode four, uh, called the great happiness debate, we talked about our insatiable desire to be happy, which is also a desire to be comfortable. Then in episode 36, called Transcending Low Frustration Tolerance, we talked about how this, how feeling a little uncomfortable uh, can lead to all sorts of problems if we can't figure out how to raise our frustration tolerance. Both of these episodes touched on this common theme, that we want to be comfortable. And not just a little comfortable, like, oh, it would be nice if I could choose some comfort level. No, we're talking full-on moth drawn to a flame kind of comfort. We'll refer to this as the allure of comfort because it is alluring, which is defined as very attractive or tempting, enticing or seductive, fascinating or charming. Interesting, right? Uh, This is why I chose that word to describe our desire for comfort because it's something that entices us. We're seduced by it. We think that we have to have it. And that's the allure of comfort. For each and every one of us, similar to our desire for happiness or our frustration, if we feel any level of discomfort, comfort is the goal. So let's flesh that out a bit. Uh, What does comfort mean? Well, the simple definition is this, a feeling of relief or consolation a cause or matter of relief or satisfaction, a state of ease and satisfaction of bodily wants, with freedom from pain and anxiety. Now, all of those make sense, but it's the last one that really piqued my interest. Uh, Slightly edited for our purposes, here we go. Comfort is said to be a state of satisfaction with what my body wants, And freedom from any sort of pain or anxiety. Sounds great, right? I mean, doing things that my body finds enjoyable and not feeling pain or anxiety, what's not to love about that? And this is why comfort is so alluring, because we see it as good, as a win-win situation, and we don't immediately see that there could be side effects or potential drawbacks. But more on that later in the episode. So we have a working definition, uh, but what does comfort look like in the real world? Well, in this country, it's kind of baked into the fabric of our society, right? I mean, right in the Declaration of Independence, we list our highest goals as life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So right after making sure that we don't die, and making sure that nobody is telling us what to do, we're off looking for things to make us happy, or in this case, comfortable. So we come by it honestly, right? It's what we do as Americans. And to be sure, the rest of the world knows that. This is why we have the global reputation for being brash, materialistic, and self-absorbed. It's the air that we put off as we run around trying to get what we deserve, uh, have more than our neighbors, and climb the proverbial ladder. It's our reality, our culture, and our rat race to navigate. So back to the two pieces of our definition, satisfaction of our body's desires and freedom from pain and anxiety. Uh, In this country, what does satisfying our body's desires look like? Hold your breath because here we go. Having a nice home in a nice neighborhood with nice appliances and other conveniences. Uh, Heat and AC to ensure that the perfect climate exists in your home. Uh, HOAs, allowing you to live with access to pools, workout facilities, and walking and biking trails. Owning cars that talk to you, have heated seats, and basically drive themselves. Having the latest technology to remain connected to the world. Laptops, tablets, mobile phones. Access to social media so we can express ourselves and develop an online persona of success and happiness. Uh, Having immediate access to entertainment through Netflix, Hulu, Apple TV+, Disney+, uh, Peacock, HBO Max, CBS, Go, uh, on devices like Apple TV, Roku, and uh, Amazon Fire Stick. Uh, Amazon for our immediate shopping needs, right? Online shopping. The ability to purchase just about anything and have it on your doorstep a few days later. How about food? Uh, Having access to anything our taste buds desire at the supermarket right down the street or the ability to order these items if we need to and have them delivered, Uh, having thousands of restaurants within driving distance, uh, and then having DoorDash or Uber Eats to bring them right to your door if you can't get out of your house, living in the right school district for your kids so that they can attend an upscale affluent school system, Uh, access to kids' sports, music, arts programs to ensure that your child is as amazing as you, or at least that they have the opportunities that you never had. Uh, Uber and Lyft to get you where you need to go just by using an app on your phone, and Zoom so that you can work from home if you need to. And this is just scratching the surface. Now, I'm not saying that everyone in the United States of America has all of these things. Obviously, we have every socioeconomic level in this country, from the homeless person to the person with 10 homes. And as Americans, we have varying levels of access to these things based on the region we live in, our location, our income level, things like that. However, if you live anywhere near a normal town or city in this country, you probably have access to most of the things I just walked through. But like I said, this is only scratching the surface. Do a search for As Seen on TV, or simply go to asseenontvlive.com, and you will find thousands of products that people have invented to make our lives better, easier, and yes, more comfortable. Number two, comfort equals stagnation. Now, just reading this headline out loud will tell you where I'm going next. Comfort equals stagnation is pretty blunt, right? It's a pretty bold statement because it is so prescriptive, and it doesn't leave much in the way of wiggle room. For example, if I had said comfort can or may lead to stagnation, that's one thing. But no, it just flat out suggests stagnation is the only logical endpoint. So let's dive in and see if we can unravel this a bit more. We've already said that comfort is satisfying our bodily desires uh, and being free from pain and anxiety. So what it's saying uh, is is that if we make these two things a priority in our life, like our main goal then stagnation is a sure thing. It's the logical end result. But what is stagnation? I mean, it sounds like something your doctor would diagnose and treat you for. But aside from that, is it really that bad? I don't know. Let's start with the dictionary. So, stagnation is defined as the state or condition of stagnating or having stopped, as by ceasing to flow or run, a foulness or staleness. Uh, as one emanating from a standing pool of water, failure to develop, progress, or advance, and the state or quality of being or feeling sluggish or dull. So the first two definitions refer to standing water, which is, I believe, where the word probably came from. Uh, It's a condition that water finds itself in when there's no movement or flow, and there ceases to be a way for it to cleanse itself. Uh, This is why the Dead Sea in the Middle East is called the Dead Sea, because it is stagnant. Uh, Water can flow into the sea, but no water flows out. Same with the Great Salt Lake in Utah. These are standing bodies of water that just keep evaporating, which boosts the salinity and makes them inhospitable environments, uh, incapable of supporting life. Now these are great illustrations, but let's get to the third and fourth definition because those really seem to match what we're talking about. First, it said a failure to develop, progress, or advance. And then the last one was being or feeling sluggish or dull. It's a bit closer to home, right? But can this be true? Uh, Let me string it all together into one statement to make it easier. When we value comfort, By satisfying our body's desires and avoiding all pain and anxiety, we fail to develop, progress, or advance and can feel sluggish and dull. Thoughts? Still a bit too much? Uh, This idea that if we put too much energy into being comfortable, we're putting ourselves in a place where we will fail to grow, fail to progress, or fail to mature. Ouch! I mean, it just sounds so wrong to put it that way. I mean, in and of itself, the word comfort is such a good word, such a positive thing, right? It brings up happy thoughts, warm fuzzies, like sitting by a warm fireplace and watching the snow slowly fall outside your window. So how can comfort be attached to something negative like stagnation? Well, don't look at me. I mean, I'm the one talking, but I'm not the one proposing this scenario. Uh, You should know by now, most of my ideas are spiritual in nature, And there is no better source of truth than the Bible. So what does the Bible have to say about comfort? Well, interestingly enough, when you search the word comfort, a lot of verses come up. However, these are not the verses you would expect, right? These aren't verses explaining how you can attain comfort or to discuss the value of comfort. In fact, most of them are verses explaining that God is there to comfort us, When things aren't comfortable, suggesting that it is more likely that we'll experience pain and suffering than the easy life we're wanting, especially if we're following God and trusting in Him. But this is just a small piece of the puzzle. Then there are verses that explain what it takes to grow or mature or to make progress. One of the most common is Matthew 16 24, where it says, If anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. This idea that if we truly want to grow and be more like Jesus, we have to pick up our cross, which illustrates pain, suffering, trials, things like that that we will eventually go through in life undoubtedly go through for sure. Uh, next up, uh, James 1 2 through 4. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Wow, now that one packs a punch. What a concept, actually being joyful that you're going through trials. Not intuitive, if you ask me. But it also makes uh, sense when you finish the verse, right? Because the joy comes at the end of the story. You see that the faith that you have leads to patience. And in the end result, patience makes you perfect or complete, and lacking nothing. I mean, that sounds pretty good, right? So I was listening to uh, I believe it was Mark Batterson um, had the lead pastor at National Community Church in Washington D.C. Uh, I believe the message was called "The State of the Church 2021," uh, but I'll put a link in the show notes uh, if you're interested in listening to the whole thing, and. Mark was talking about um, basically the state of National Community Church in 2020. So he touched on a bunch of the things that they they did in 2020, some of the positive things, the numbers, and, and then he touched on uh, some of the things that they stand for as a church. Uh, but he quickly moved to something that, that must have been on his heart at the time. Um, and one of those things sounded a lot like this comfort concept that we're talking about today. He cautioned people listening to stay out there, to stay away from what is comfortable. He said, comfort looks a lot like retreating back to the people that look like us, act like us, and vote like us. But that is not who we are. It's not what we're called to be. He explained that we have two choices in life, really. We can choose not to be part of the problem, or we can choose to be part of the solution. Neither one is necessarily wrong, but one is definitely better. Choosing not to be part of the problem is choosing comfort, which leads to stagnation like we've discussed already. Choosing to be part of the solution is messy. It can be painful. It can even be dangerous. But it is far from stagnant. As you move in this direction, uh, you learn, you grow, you mature, you become more patient and eventually complete, lacking nothing. Number three, growth is also a choice. I think it's important not to become too dogmatic about this whole growth thing and and the fact that it only happens in pain and trials. Uh, The last thing I think we're supposed to do is to go looking for trouble in order to grow ourselves up. But that's not a problem most of the time because trouble isn't something we have to go looking for. Trouble typically finds us when we're least expecting it so all of us are going to be forced to deal with trials from time to time. And that's when we can either throw in the towel or hold onto our faith and grow and mature into the people God knows we can be. So what about those times when things seem to be going pretty well? When you're starting to feel a level of comfort and life seems to be finally treating you right? Well, if this is you, let me start by saying congratulations. Be thankful for the time of peace and calm. But at the same time, don't hold on to it too tightly. Understand that comfort is not the goal and that times of pain and suffering could be right around the corner. So the most important thing to do in this situation is to choose in advance how you will respond in both seasons, seasons of comfort and seasons of pain. So what is this choice we have? What are you talking about? Well, I would suggest that in times of peace and prosperity, growth is still possible but it requires us to move away from our comfort zone. In the end, um, if the end result of us focusing 100% on comfort is stagnation, then we're going to have to move away from it if we want to grow. Choosing to walk toward people and situations that are messy, choosing to be part of the solution versus not being a problem. So let's get practical. Uh, I, can, I can tend to live up in the clouds for too long sometimes, uh, really diving into high-level concepts. So let's talk specifics. Uh, and since I'm the only one in the room, I guess I'll have to pick on myself. So what does it look like for me to be part of the solution? What does it look like for me to get out of my comfort zone and grow as a person? Well, I think if I look at, you know, four, five, six of the different uh, areas of my life or, or things that apply to me, um, that kind of gives me a direction to go um, in terms of learning more about what I could do uh, to step outside my comfort zone. So if I look at my enneagram number, I'm an enneagram one, um, and so I think stepping out of my comfort zone means being a little bit less methodical and and being a little more adventurous. Uh, next, I'm an introvert, so obviously. Putting myself out there, being around people more, um, going out and being around and being in social situations a little bit more. Uh, Next, I'm a perfectionist. So, being more accepting of people, being more accepting of myself, the work that I do, that sort of thing. Uh, Next, uh, I do find it much easier to be around people that think like me. So, in order to step out of that comfort zone, forcing myself to be around people that think differently, that have different viewpoints, uh, and to just continue to work on being accepting of people no matter what viewpoints they have. Uh, Next, I spend a lot of time in my head. uh, And what that means is basically, uh, instead of being a verbal processor uh, and talking a lot with other people, there's just a lot going on in my head. I'm constantly processing working through situations, uh, coming up with ideas. Uh, and so the difficulty for other people uh, is being around me and having me be very quiet and not really having any social interaction. So the thought here is to get out of my head, uh, to put things out there, to share share things that are on, on my heart with other people uh, and share the passions that God gave me uh, with the world around me. And then the last one, or at least another one, um, I am not a fan of conflict. So I tend to avoid uh, situations where there might be conflict. So for me to be part of the solution, that might mean stepping into difficult relationships, choosing to engage with people, even though I know that it will probably lead to either difficult conversations or, uh, you know, maybe even debating to the point where you have to just agree to disagree. So those are just a few of the things that, you know, when I look at myself and I think, you know, how do I become part of the solution rather than just not causing more of a problem? Uh, those are some of the things that because of my personality uh, that I think that I could do to make that distinction. Maybe I should have made that the minute of transparency because that was a little much. Anyway, Uh, Let's land the plane. So this week, uh, I'd like you to think through the following questions. Number one, do you live your life uh, with comfort as the main goal? I know this is something I have struggled with for many years of my life. Uh, Other questions related to that, are you chasing the things that make you feel good? Are you trying to avoid pain and anxiety at any cost? Next, can you see how comfort can lead to stagnation? This whole idea uh, about, you know, when all you're worried about is feeling good, that there is nothing to do, that there's nowhere to go, that there's nothing to learn. Uh, Do you ever feel that way when when things are going too good, right? Like you feel a little sluggish or you feel a little dull? And then finally, if you are in a good place but want to be part of the solution, uh, what does this look like for you? Uh, What could you do to get out of your comfort zone? Uh, What would move you forward? Uh, What situations would uh, you put yourself in in order to make a difference in the world around you? Great questions, I think, for each of us this week. Uh, My prayer is that we choose not to spend the entire week chasing comfort, uh, but instead that we choose to get messy. We choose to move toward things that will grow us up uh, and help us mature. As always, I want to thank you for being with us here today and for joining us on the journey. Uh, Until next time, keep transcending human. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Transcend Human podcast. For more information, you can go to transcendhuman.com, where you'll find additional content, as well as ways to contact us and links to our social media channels. Thanks again for subscribing to the show, and we'll see you again real soon.